I mentioned that we're starting a new series today called How To, um, and I thought I'd start with a quote. There's a quote that we often use here. I say often. I know Austin's used it. I've used it. Nick, other preachers have uh, used this quote, and it's a really good quote. It, it, it's, uh, it's one that we've, uh, again, we've thrown up several times, and, and here's the quote. It's by a, a French author that I can't pronounce, so I didn't put the name up there, but here's the way the quote works, right? If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. And so the idea is, of course, like if people love something enough, they'll figure out how to do a lot of things, right? And I think there's a lot of truth in that. Like one of the things we want to do here at the church is we want to teach you to love Jesus. Like we want to present Christ Um, in such a way that, man, you fall more and more and more in love with Christ. Because if you love Jesus, there's a lot of the things in the Christian life that you'll, you'll figure out how to do. But I think I speak for everyone when I say, it sure would be helpful on occasion to learn how to build the dang boat, right? Like, like, Listen, I can love the sea all day, but at some point I need someone just to show me like how things work together and how to like how to make it happen. And so that's what this series is about, how to build the boat. Okay, and the goal is that it just be, again, intensely practical. And so what I wanted to start with today uh, is one that um, and I think all of us can can be better at. Right. It's how to share your faith, how to share your faith. We're going to be looking at a story in the Gospel of John, chapter 4. If you have your Bibles, you can go to John 4. I'm going to share another verse before we get there, but John, chapter 4, is going to be kind of the basis for um, the message this morning. Jesus is going to engage and have a conversation with uh, this Samaritan woman. Um, and so, just setting it up, though, um, I'll, I'll say this. Some people, uh, even Christians, don't feel like sharing your faith is something that they need to do. I think uh, Barna's research group did a, a study not long ago and found that um, somewhere around like 50%, maybe over 50% of evangelical Christians don't feel like they have a, an obligation at all to even share their faith. It used to be that almost everyone that claimed to be a follower of Christ felt like that was something they needed to do. And now many Christians feel like that's not that, like, I don't need to do that. I don't need to share my faith. And so I want to just give you a few verses to try to show you that this is indeed something that Christ asks of his followers, right? Um, one of them is known as the Great Commission. It's Matthew 28. It is one of the most popular verses um, in the Bible, certainly in the Gospel of Matthew. It is sort of the, the culmination of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew has has talked to us about the birth of Christ and Jesus coming onto the scene, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus' longest message. Uh, He's walked through Jesus calling his disciples and miracles and healings. Um, He's walked through uh, the death of Christ at the cross, the resurrection of Jesus. And we come to the end of the Gospel of Matthew, and it's sort of the why. Why did Matthew bother telling us all that stuff? What's this all about? What are we to be about? Matthew 28 Um, 18 through 20, a text known as the Great Commission, Jesus says this at the end of all of it. It says, and Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. 
basically what he's saying there at the end is like all of these things that happen, Matthew, everything I've told you about Christ, at the end of the day, Jesus telling his followers, so here's what you're to be about while you're still here. You are disciples, and I want you to help other people become disciples, okay? You know Jesus. I want other people to know Jesus, okay? That's what it's about. Um, Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is another one where Jesus tells, again, his followers, and this isn't just the, the, the 12. It's not just the, the 11 there. Um, it, it's, it's those that were uh, even like, there, there was a larger group than just the 11 or 12. It's those that considered themselves followers of Christ. And he says, I want you to be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, okay? And so there is a clear calling, if you will, for Christians to help other people become Christians. Like to, if you know Jesus, to help other people know Jesus. If you're a disciple, a follower, to help other people become followers. Like it's not like sharing your faith is for varsity level Christians, but if you're like a JV level Christian, it's okay if you don't, okay? That's, that's the way a lot of people think, okay? Other people that don't, don't wanna share their faith, I've even heard them get real spiritual about it. Like they'll say things like, well, you know, evangelism, is, is in the Bible, it's listed as a spiritual gift. So I believe some people have a gifting of evangelism and that sharing your faith is really for those that have that gifting. It's not for every believer. And I always like, I would say, well, if you wanna play that game, then there's a lot of things listed as spiritual gifts. But there's also clear mandate in scripture that, that Christians do a number of the things listed as spiritual gifts, right? So um, things like service, Service is listed as a spiritual gift, but there's also clear teaching from Jesus that says we should all be servants. Um, generosity and hospitality are listed, but there's a clear call that all Christians should practice generosity and hospitality. Faith is listed as a spiritual gift. Does that mean the rest of us don't need faith at all? Like, there's a lot of things that are listed as spiritual gifts. And so there is a specific gifting of evangelism. That is a specific gifting. I know some people that I would say have the gift of evangelism. And what that means is there's this supernatural ability that they have to, to share that. I mean, they're just good at it, right? You ever meet somebody that's just good at that? My dad is like this. My dad will talk to anyone. And he has no problem engaging complete strangers. And he'll just talk and strike up conversation. And he'll just, man, he's really, he has this heart and this passion for evangelism. There's people in our church that have this gifting. There is a gifting of evangelism, but that doesn't mean the rest of us are like, have no responsibility in that area. I think of it if you're a parent, like, you know, if you give your kids something to do, you're, you know, you walk in like, hey, I really need you to, uh, to, to take out the trash. I need you to clean your room. I need you to, you know, unload the dishwasher. I need you to, you know, whatever. You give them some kind of, kind of chore to do. If your kids went, you know, dad, um, that's just not my gifting, right? <laughs> My gifting's not those things. Somebody should do those things. That's not my, my gifting's more like video games. And so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna, stay, I'm gonna operate in my gifting, right? You'd be like, uh, no, you're not. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that gifting away from you, in fact. Like, you're not, like, as silly as that sounds, that's kind of what we do sometimes with, there's things God's clearly told us to do, but we can often over-spiritualize and go, that's just not my thing, Right? Um, and so I would just say this, like, God has gifted everyone in different ways. Don't use your gifting that God has given you as an excuse for a lack of faithfulness in other areas, right? Don't use your gifting, whatever that, that may be, um, as an excuse to not be faithful 
in some other things God has called us to do. And so, again, I, I know that for some of us, we talk about sharing our faith. We get real nervous. We're like, I don't know about. So my goal today is just I want to walk through with you just some simple like how to. How, how can we do this? How can we be better at this? We're, no one's perfect at it. But how can we, how can we learn to share our faith with the people around us. And so to do that, the Gospel of John chapter 4, Jesus is going to engage with this woman, um, and I think there's some really great things we can take away from this, from the story about how to share our faith. And so here's the way this reads. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 3. It says that he, that's Jesus, he left Judea, and he departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. And so he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. And so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was uh, sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour, around middle of the day, okay? Um, and so the first big idea here is that Jesus is on his way somewhere else, okay? Jesus is on his way from Judea, which was in the south, up to Galilee, which is in the north. And in the middle, there's this region of Samaria. Um, if you've heard me talk about this before, you know that Jews and Samaritans, they did not get along. Um, they normally did not associate with one another. Uh, Jews actually kind of looked down their noses at Samaritans. Samaritans were people that when Israel uh, was taken away into bondage and captivity, they intermarried with, with foreign pagan people. They practiced different religious customs. They adopted their own sort of version. Uh, and, and, and pure Jews looked at that as like heresy. And so they, they often just would not associate with Samaritans whatsoever. Jesus is in Judea, and he is on his way up to Galilee. Jews typically resided in Galilee and Judea. Samaria was full of Samaritans, right? You had to go through. Jesus would go through uh, Samaria to get to Galilee. And so my big, the, the big idea here is that Jesus was on his way somewhere else. He didn't wake up that morning and go, you know what? I'm going to go to this particular well in Samaria. That's my final destination. I'm going to engage with this woman that's going to roll up. Like, like, Jesus is God, so maybe Jesus knew that. Maybe Jesus knew about the divine appointment he was going to have. But in strictly human terms, Samaria was not his final destination. The text is very clear. He was on his way to Galilee. And so here's kind of the first big idea when it comes to sharing your faith, and that is this. To be intentional as you go. As you go, as you're on your way, wherever that is, um, most of us have some sort of routine in our day. We go to certain places regularly, consistently. We go to our work. We take the kids to school. We shop for groceries. We go get coffee somewhere. We, we, we have our hobbies and things. We, we are on our way. We're, we're waking up with intention to go to a particular place. But man, the first rule of thumb is simply just be intentional as you go. Be intentional on your way. I read Matthew 28 to you, the Great Commission. It starts with the word go. Go, therefore, and make disciples. But again, that word go in Matthew 28, in the Greek, it's an active command. So the way, the way it reads essentially is, as you go, be making disciples, right? As you go, as you live your life, as you go to the places where God wants you to go, man, be intentional, be paying attention to the people that God may bring in your path. Jesus was on his way to Galilee, and he stops by this well because he is tired. So the first rule of thumb is just to be more intentional as you go to the places God has you go, as you go through your routine day in and day out. Pick up the story in verse 7. It says that a woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, well, give me a drink. 
for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. So the Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For, for Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. Jesus struck up a conversation with a woman that by society's standards of the day, he should have never spoken to. He began to have conversation with a woman that, that again, he, he really should not, have been, should not have been talking to. Here's the second big idea when it comes to sharing your faith, and that is just simply this, to, to look for opportunities to either start or just engage in conversation. Now, I know all the introverts in the room just went, oh, no, Dave. They got a nervous tick. You know, you're already like, we've got to find another church. Uh, listen, I'm not saying that you got to be like Mr. or Miss, like bubbly personality and like life of the party, talk to everyone that you see all the time. And I'm just simply saying like, to be in, as you're intentional and you're, you're, you're recognizing and noticing as you go, also look for ways to just whether you start a conversation with a simple like hi or, or, or just engage, if someone wants to have a conversation with you or someone wants to talk to you, to not be so quick to be like, I'm sorry, I got stuff to do, I'm out, I got to And we just, sometimes we're so bad about um, just kind of talking to our social circles. We all have like our friends, our group, our community, and we do life with certain people. Um, and that's all great. That's actually very biblical. But look for opportunities to engage people outside of your social circles. Be willing to, to talk and have conversation with people outside of your, no, your normal social circles. Jesus talked to a woman. He started a conversation here with a woman that, again, by society standards, he really should have never talked to. And so look for opportunities to start or engage in those conversations. Pick up the story here in verse 10. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Well, the woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the, the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and he drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give them will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. You notice what Jesus does there. Jesus goes from talking about drinking water to talking about living water. Jesus steers or changes the conversation. Here's kind of the next big idea as you are intentional, as you look at those opportunities to begin or start a conversation. Look for uh, ways or make an effort to turn the conversation to spiritual things. That's what Jesus does. Look for a way, make an effort to, to steer or turn the conversation to spiritual things. Again, this is a how-to series, so I don't want to just be like, turn the conversation to spiritual things, because I know some of you are like, uh, how do you do that, right? Like, I don't, if you're like me, um, it's easy to talk about a lot of stuff if it's stuff you're really interested in. Like, I can talk to anybody about sports all day long. I can talk about hunting and fishing and outdoors. I can talk about a lot of stuff that interests me. 
and I, have no, I can not bat an eye. I can talk to complete strangers about a lot of things. But when you start talking about spiritual stuff, it can get a little awkward, right? Like a lot of people are like, I don't know about spiritual things. It's like we, we get really shy all of a sudden, even people that are normally not shy. And so I just want to, let me just give you a, a few ways that you can turn a conversation. Like these are not, this is not some exhaustive list. Maybe you have another ideas or, or ways that you can do that. But here's some things that I, that I will often do to help turn a conversation to spiritual things. And a lot of them are not that hard or awkward, really. Um, one is, is simply this. Just ask like, do, do you go to church? Do you go to church anywhere? We live in the Bible belt, right? We are deep in the heart of Texas, right? We are Bible belt, like... If we're honest, asking someone around here if they go to church is not that awkward. It's not. So use that, right? Use it. Do you go to, you go to church somewhere? You have, a, you have a church home? If they're new to the area, have you found a church home? They may be like, church is dumb. I don't go to, I'm not doing that. Like, you, you, you may get that answer. They may be like, no, I, I don't have a church. Like, do you, do you go somewhere? They may say, yes, I, I go to this church down the road. Great. We're not trying to, like, steal someone from, like, if they go somewhere else, great. Praise Jesus. Like, Awesome, I go to this, that's awesome. Like, you can, you can learn a lot by just a simple question about do, do, they, do they go to church somewhere? I ask people that all the time. Go, you have a church home? You, you go to church somewhere? Another one is simply this, like you can just ask someone, like, hey, um, how, can I, how can I be praying for you? Or how can I pray for you or, or your family? Um, again, my, my dad, who I believe just has this gift, he'll, he'll ask people this all the time. And he gets a lot of different response. He does this at restaurants. A lot of times at restaurants, um, a waiter or a waitress will come up to him and, and while they're serving, he'll just say, hey, we're, we're going to just pray for our food. Is there a way that we can pray for you? And usually they will give him something to pray for because they want a tip, right? Like <laughs> normally they are, they're more than happy to say something and it, it can start a spiritual conversation, right? How can, how can I pray for you? I... Um, Jordan makes fun of me. I, I like Subway. I go to Subway all the time, like usually multiple times a week. I have, a, I have an unhealthy addiction. I go to Subway. It's actually pretty convenient because our office is here and there's a Subway like right around the corner. So a lot of times it's like really easy to jump over there, grab lunch, come back here. Um, so I go a lot. Jordan makes fun of me because Jordan doesn't like Subway. And so he makes fun of my unhealthy Subway addiction. But I go there so much now that the ladies that work there, many of them know me. They know what I'm going to order before I even order it. Um, and over time going there... Um, Man, it's been awesome. I, got, I get to know them a little bit. I find out some little things about their life. Um, I'll ask this, like, hey, how can I, how can I be praying for you uh, this week? Um, and so now, sometimes I'll come in and they'll start just giving me some prayer requests, right? Like, they've had me pray for their, their manager who had a surgery. There's a single mom that works over there, and she was talking to me about some struggles she was having with one of her uh, daughters. And so there's just finding out little ways that I can be praying for them. And so it's a spiritual conversation. It's, it's, it, you can engage in a, in a spiritual conversation how... How can I pray for you or your family? You can ask other things. You can ask things just at some point in the conversation about just about God in general. Hey, do you, do you believe in God? Like, what do you think God is like? Um, there's ways you can introduce God into the conversation. Um, maybe if they share at any point about a struggle, a hurt, a pain, a, a difficult season, something as simple as like, man, hey, what do you, where do you turn during difficult seasons of life? Can open the door for you to talk about where you turn during difficult seasons of life, Right? And again, maybe you have other, there's, there's, there's posing, there's questions you can pose, there's things you can interject into a conversation that can help steer or turn that conversation to spiritual things. And so, number one is just, again, be intentional. Be intentional as you go. 
be willing to strike up or engage in conversation and then look for opportunities, make an effort to turn the conversation to spiritual things. Well, let's look at the way um, the rest of the story plays out, beginning in verse 16. So Jesus says to her, well, go and call your husband and come back, come here. And the woman answered him, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, well, you are right in saying that you have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the one you have now is not your husband. What you said is indeed true. And the woman said, I love this, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet, right? Very perceptive, right? Uh, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And so it sounds like she's trying to change the subject. You ever read that and you're like, she's like, oh, let's talk about church, right? Like she's trying to change the subject. She's actually not. Um, In context, in that day and time, of course, there's a specific place that you would go to meet with God, deal with God, deal with your sin. And what she's saying is, Samaritans believed that that was this mountain over here. She probably pointed to it. Uh, We believe that you go up on this mountain, and that's the place you deal with God. But you, Jews, y'all believe you're supposed to go to the temple in Jerusalem. And so she's kind of, what she's essentially saying is she feels conviction. And she's like, well, where do I go to deal with this? Where do I go to deal with my sin? Where do I go to deal with what's going on in my life and help make some of these things right? She's not changing the subject. She's asking a legit question, probably out of a place of, of conviction. So Jesus uh, said to her, uh, woman, believe that the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, Well, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Jesus reveals himself to this woman. He literally points her to himself, right? So I thought about a number of different ways to state this last point, but in the course of the conversation, here's kind of the other big idea with sharing your faith, and that is at some point to to point them to Christ. At some point, point them to Jesus, right? Now, again, this is a how-to series, so I don't want it to be like, point them to Jesus. All right, let's pray and be done, right? Like, I want to try to give you a little bit of like, how do you, because I know some of you are like, I don't know, how do you do that? How do you point them to Christ? And so, let me give you a couple of a couple of ways um, to do that. And the example that I would give you is uh, the Apostle Paul. Most people know the Apostle Paul as this great, like he shared his faith with lots of people. He led many people to Christ. He planted many churches. He went into places that were hostile to Jesus, hostile to the gospel, and, and he shared his faith. So what are some things that Paul did that I think that are, that are helpful for us to know? If you're gonna point someone to Christ, right? Number one is, is simply this, share your story. Share your story. The Apostle Paul does this all the time. I wish I had time today to turn to a number of places where Paul simply tells his story. He tells his testimony about how he met Christ. Your story is powerful. It's your faith. Talk about sharing your faith. It's your faith. So, man, what difference has Jesus made in your life? Who were you before Christ? How did you meet Christ? What is your life like now that you know Christ? That's, that's your story. It doesn't matter how boring you think your story is. I used to think I had a boring testimony. Like I'd hear people tell these stories about, man, I was on like drugs and I was partying. Then I came to faith and God radically changed. Those are awesome stories. My story is nothing like that. 
Grew up in church. I was a preacher's kid. Tried to follow the rules most of the time. Wasn't super rebellious. But my story's a little bit more like, man, I thought that I was pretty awesome and smart because I wasn't as bad as other people. When it turns out, like, I probably had the greatest sin of all. That's pride. And I thought that I could be good enough to earn my way to God. And that doesn't work, right? Listen, everyone has a story. You have a story. Paul tells his story over and over. Um, Again, I don't have time to turn to all these places, but Acts 22, Paul tells his story about how he came to know Jesus, the Damascus Road experience. Acts 26, Paul again tells his story. Here's who I was before Christ. Here's how I met Jesus. Here's who I am after Christ. Um, Philippians chapter 3, Paul tells his story. He talks about his, his resume. Man, I was a Pharisee. I obeyed the law better than anybody. I knew all the verses and all the theology, and I thought I was pretty good. And then he says, I count all that stuff as rubbish. Man, all that stuff is garbage compared to just knowing Christ, right? Paul's not afraid to tell his story. Warts and all, all the bad stuff he used to do, he talks about how I used to, man, I used to persecute Christians and drag them off to prison, but by God's grace, I'm not who I once was. And so, man, one of the most powerful things you can use to, to point someone to Jesus may just be your own story. And so, man, maybe today, just take some time, think about, like, if someone asked my story, my testimony, what would I, what would I tell them? Take some time thinking through what, what that would be. But one of the great ways to point someone to Christ is your own story. And then the other one is just uh, to communicate a, a simple version of the gospel, to, to articulate, communicate a simple version of the gospel. Now, again, you don't have to know a lot of theology to do this. You don't have to even memorize verses to do this. You don't. Um, Paul would communicate a simple version of the gospel. And I say simple because it's not like no one wants to be preached to for 30, 40, well, you guys do. You show up every week, right? But like if you're talking to someone briefly, quickly, simply, short, you want to make it concise, right? And you don't have to quote a bunch of verses to them that they're not going to know or be familiar with anyway. And so um, a simple version of the gospel, here's what I would say. There's a lot of methods There's a lot of methods you can use to do this. I'm not here to trash any method. Um, I've seen people give their life to Jesus based on a lot of different methods. Um, Some people use tracks. There's tracks out there. They're like, basically, it's like a a tangible thing you can kind of walk through with them that gives a bunch of verses and you can leave it with them. And I've seen people give their life to Jesus after looking over a track with someone. I've seen people, you know, there's, there's, there's methods where you can like draw something out on like a paper or a napkin and some verses. And you can, again, it gives you something tangible to leave with them. Um, there's, uh, I, I, growing up in a traditional church, I learned something called the Romans road. And that's like a series of verses in Romans that you can like walk through. And there's a lot of methods out there. There's no shortage of methods um, that you could use. And they're not all, they're not bad. But, but again, I, I think just finding a way to communicate a simple version of the gospel. Uh, something like, Man, the Bible's going to say that we're all, we're all sinners, man. We're all pretty messed up at the end of the day. And the reality is, because we're sinners, we've all rebelled against God in some way. Um, man, what, what I deserve really from God is, is punishment from God because I'm a sinner. But here's the good news. Like, God knew that, and that's why God sent Jesus. And so Jesus comes to earth, and we celebrate that at Christmas, um, and he, he ultimately does a lot of really great teachings and heals, but he, he ultimately goes to a cross where he dies on a cross for our sin. And so we as Christians, we believe that when Jesus dies on the cross, what he's doing is he's actually paying for my sin. And he's, he's, he's taking care of that for me. He's dealing with my sin when he dies on the cross. And then three days later, he gets up and he, he walks out of the grave. We celebrate that at Easter. We believe Jesus is very much alive and now my response, I don't have to be good enough to earn my way to God because I can't. 
Um, I just simply believe in, I trust in Jesus and what he did for me at the cross. And I place my faith in him. And I'm not perfect. I still make a lot of mistakes. I, I still struggle with some sin. And I, but man, by God's grace, I just trust in Jesus that he's taken care of my sin for me. That is a, a simple version of the gospel. I didn't quote a verse. I didn't go through a bunch of deep theology. I just simply state a simple version of the gospel. And listen, sometimes we get nervous or anxious because we're like, well, what if they ask me a question that I don't know the answer to? Okay. I just, it's okay to say, that's a great question. I, I, don't, I don't know, but I'll, I'll help. We can figure it out. Like, people ask me questions all the time that I don't know the answer to, right? Like, like, that's okay. We don't need to get nervous about that. In fact, if anything, be like, hey, why don't you, you know, join me at church and we'll, we'll talk to one of our pastors and we'll, we'll figure it out together. Like, so don't, don't worry about always having the right words to say. The last thing Jesus said in the, in the Great Commission was, I am with you always. So just trust and know that, man, man, God's with you in those conversations. He'll help guide you and direct you in those things. And so, again, as clearly as I, as I know how to say it, and just kind of looking at the pattern of Jesus, right? Be intentional as you go. As you go, on your way. You have routines. All of us have routines in our day, places we go. Um, be aware, be intentional about who is God bringing into my path. Look for ways to strike up conversation. Or, if again, introverts are like, just like, if someone talks to you, be willing to just engage. Be willing to talk to people outside of your normal social circle. Look for ways or make an effort to turn that conversation to spiritual things. There's questions you can ask. Look for ways to turn that conversation to spiritual things. And then ultimately, point them to Christ and point them to Jesus. Maybe that's your story. Tell your story, a simple version of the gospel. Um, the last thing I'll say, and just kind of taking some pressure off, is I'll say this, like, I'm a big believer. My dad used to call it friendship evangelism. And so what that means is essentially like, the goal is to get to know people and maybe build relationships with people. Um, sometimes people aren't going to be receptive to the things you say first time meeting them. They're just not. They don't know you. They might think you're odd or weird. Um, so get to know them a little bit. Like the first time I walked in Subway, I didn't walk in and be like, I'd like, you know, the, the steak and cheese and let me tell you about Jesus. <laughs> they would have been like, okay. Let's hurry up and get this over with, right? No, I mean, it took some time going in there regularly. Often I got to know, got to know their names and got them to tell me a little bit about their life. And um, one of them actually recognized me and said, are you a pastor? I said, yeah, I am a pastor up the road. Um, they would ask me, uh, again, it just took some time going in there regularly. I got to know them a little bit. So again, as you go, um, it may be that there are people you come in contact with regularly, consistently, people that you work with, people in your own family. You have hobbies and interests, like Maybe you see the same people at the, at the golf course or um, where, wherever you go, the grocery store, getting your hair done, go get coffee from the same place every time. Like you can, you can get to know people over time and look for those opportunities where the door is open to start those conversations. You walk by people, you see people two or three times a week. Do you, do you know their name? Ask their name, right? Sharing our faith is something that God has asked us to do. It's part of why, why we're here. That, that Jesus loves people. And so he wants to use us to help other, if we are disciples, he wants to use us to help other people become disciples. And, and again, sharing our faith is not just for like the varsity level Christians, right? It's something that Jesus asks all of us to do. So the challenge is to look for opportunities to share, to share our faith and be faithful to what God's asked us to do while we're here, right? Let's pray together. Father, thank you today for 
just your goodness to us and your grace. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you that, um, God, our faith is, is not something we have to earn or deserve. It's not something we have to work for and be good enough. Um, God, we are, we are saved by grace through faith. And so today, we're just grateful for that, this beautiful gift, this treasure that we have. And so I pray that you would, God, give us a heart to share that gift, that treasure with other people. I pray that you would help us to see people the way you see them, with deep love, that you would help us to, um, to see them, God, really with spiritual eyes. And so just help us to be aware and to be looking for those opportunities and to engage. Give us courage, God, where we need courage, because I know it's really hard for some people. It's really hard just to even start conversation or engage in conversation with strangers. But, but God, I pray you'd give us courage where we need it. God, remind us continually that you're always with us in those conversations. And so, um, God, we just, at the end of the day, we just want to be faithful to what you've asked us to do. We don't want to be the, the kids, the immature kids that are claiming, God, that our gift is one thing, is some kind of excuse not to be faithful in other, other areas. So, so help us, God, to be faithful. I pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen.